and welcome to The Double Double. My name is David Dixon, and joining me for his weekly football segment, Taylor Silva. Taylor, what's going on? Nothing much, David. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. I'm a little sad that the college football season is now officially over, but I am pumped that we have still three more NFL games to go because I don't include the Pro Bowl, Bowl Taylor. So that game doesn't count in my mind. So we got three football games left in the 2019 season. And Conference Championship Sunday has always been one of my favorite sports days on the calendar. Uh, reminds me back in middle school and high school, me and some of my really good buddies would all come over. We all watch all the games together and eat a disgusting amount of chicken wings and pizza. Just really just enjoy all the games, rooting against the Patriots. Uh, but so I'm really looking forward to that coming up. But we got to jump right into the national championship game this past Monday down in New Orleans. And, you know, not a spoiler to anyone, LSU comes away with the victory. Joe Burrow cements his legacy as a legend in college football, one of the greatest seasons in in the history of the sport. Coach O finally gets the acclaim he rightfully deserves, and just a lot of interesting storylines after the game. So, so just what was your immediate takeaway after the game? Uh, I was I was very excited, uh, happy LSU finished off the season. I was. They and they, I mean, they finished off a style, kind of just what they've done all year. I mean, they uh, they struggled early in the game. We saw that, but it was kind of more of just you know, Clemson kept uh, pinning them deep inside that five, so you can't really get the offense going. But it was it was awesome. Defense showed up. They uh, media, you know, they've been talking down on the defense all year, and I thought the defense showed they they played pretty pretty well. Uh, Etn got. I mean, he. We knew he was going to get his carries and get his yards, and and but they, they kind of. I mean, they 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 made Trevor struggle, and that was that was what uh, what this defense, what I'd been seeing all year. Um, I just thought I thought they played pretty well. I thought uh, offense and defense. I thought they called called great plays. Um, Joe Burrow was fantastic, like he'd been all year, and and uh, with the weapons around him, they made the plays. Yeah, I mean you're you're totally right. After the the slow start, Burrow finished thirty one for forty nine, four hundred sixty three yards and five more touchdowns and zero interceptions. So just another legendary game. I I remember we were talking about before the game last week's pod if Burrow had a chance to break the all time single season record for passing touchdowns, and I said that I definitely thought he would, and you were like. You you thought so too, but you you know acknowledged how how tough it would be to throw. The, I think he had to throw th- four more touchdowns coming into this game to break the record against Clemson. But once he got rolling, Burrow made it look easy, and it, it made me think that you know not only was the record obtainable, but that he would put some distance on it too. And just when you talk about him starting slowly, LSU really started the game very slow. It was kind of like Clemson in their semifinal game. So LSU's first three drives, they went three plays for negative four yards. Then they went three plays for seven yards and then five plays for 14 yards. Clemson did not capitalize the way that they really had to be only being up seven, nothing. Cause 
after you have the ball three times and if LSU's not scoring, you need more than seven points on the board. That was a big, big miss opportunity. And as you said, the LSU defense showed up. Yeah, they uh, like you're talking about those first couple of drives. Uh, and I remember I mean, the defense, LSU's D, I mean, they stopped him, I think, twice when Clemson was inside LSU's 40. So, I mean, we knew, I mean, BT Potter, he had that 52 yarder, but. You just say uh, Dabo wasn't going to – I mean, Dabo wasn't kicking those long field goals. He, he couldn't give Burrow the the, uh, the ball right there. So they played the field position game, and it, it, it showed because, I mean, LSU couldn't get that it, – it's hard to run that offense when, I mean, you're backed up that far inside and got, just, I mean, limited play calls. And, I mean, we saw, I mean, uh, Isaiah Simmons, I mean, he made a name for himself immediately right out of the gate. I mean, he saw his – I mean, he saw 11 all over the field those first couple drives against LSU. But uh, yeah, uh, they finally. I mean, they, they they finally cracked out of it. They uh, that very first play. I mean, they would have had momentum. I remember that that deep pass to uh, to Moss. I mean, that was. I mean, that, the crowd you could hear it already. I mean, it was they, they were about to make a run, but then the hold came back. I think it was a legal man downfield. Yep, so, you're right. Actually. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, just that. Those few plays, and then, I mean, we, we they finally just, I mean, they, they got rolling. The defense held up. They uh, they came to play. They were ready for it, and, and uh, they gave the offense gave the offense a chance. And and, uh, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire also showed up. He didn't get any touchdowns in in this game, but we mentioned him coming into the game as, as a big, big factor. He had 164 total yards on 21 total touches, 110 on the ground, 54 in the air he was a huge part of this game because it felt like every time he got the ball he was so shifty that no one could tackle him and obviously and obviously jamar chase and got uh, a lot of the attention after the game because he really dominated the game with his nine catches 220 yards and two touchdowns but i thought clyde edwards hilaire was the unsung hero and because they because clemson could not tackle him yeah, he, he was he was fantastic. I mean, he made a couple of highlight plays where you could just see just his lateral quickness and I mean, getting around defenders. He's uh he's a he's a premier back and he I mean he's proved it. I mean, ever since that Bama game, that's that's when his name started popping up on everybody's radar. He's I mean he's gotten better every single week. Uh, but yeah, Chase Chase had a great game too. Uh, he had those couple drops early in the early in the game that kind of stalled their uh, their momentum and you just. That wasn't kind of like him. I haven't seen him drop three balls like that, so I was kind of shocked by that. But uh, you just see after that, uh, he got rolling. Uh, Burrow was throwing unbelievable balls to him. I mean, just just beautiful NFL throws. And it's just they uh, LSU's athletes were just better than Clemson's athletes. Uh, we we kind of we kind of said that last week that I thought Clemson was just just a little too young on the defensive side, and the more experience with uh, with LSU, I, I just I would take. I would take them, and uh, it kind of showed up in that second half from uh, from about the seventeen seven on point. Yeah, and you got to give Burrow credit for not giving up on Chase for having those early drops, and because he has a lot of other weapons, right, Taylor? He has Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. He's got you know Terrace Marshall Jr. He's he's got a lot of guys who he could throw the ball to after Chase dropped those early passes. But let's let's go on the flip side because I want to talk about the coaches a little bit later but let's talk about clemson for a second they're up 17-7 in this game up by 10 points defense is doing well and kind of just what happened because lawrence played the worst game i've ever seen him play and 
that happens, you know, he had Trevor Lawrence had an off night. And a lot of it, I think, was due to the LSU defense. They kept talking on, on the telecast about just how many overthrows Lawrence had. It just never felt like he was comfortable with yeah. with just the, the game. Yeah, I, I felt they, they, they just got to him. I mean, I, I think uh, I think Aranda kept mixing up the looks, and, and it was just uh, we kind of highlighted him before the game. Patrick Quinn, he was, uh, he was everywhere. He was kind of in that spy middle linebacker role, and he was, I mean, Trevor got a couple good runs, but I mean, I thought overall Queen was I mean, Queen played fantastic. He was a defensive uh, MVP of the game for a reason, uh, and and I just I, he's he played great. The DBs played great. Fulton kind of had a shaky game a little bit, but Stingley on the other side, I think he gave up one catch for twelve yards on uh, six targets, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. So I mean, they just he was I mean he. Uh, he locked down in the playoffs, and and uh, it just the, the defense was everywhere. Clavon was making some great. Clavon Chason was making some great uh, edge rushers. You could see Divinity back after being suspended for a couple of games. Uh, he he was making plays. Shell uh, Tyler Sheldon on the inside tackle with Lawrence. I mean they were they were everywhere, and you could tell that it flustered Trevor. And that was not that was that was a defense that they they I mean. They might have, I don't know if they overlooked or not, but the media was overlooking them all year. And I still think they had the players and it's, it's, they, they had the bodies and they were just more experienced. 100%. And, and just this, this is a classic example of just, if you just looked at the box score of the defenses, you would think that Burrow was the one who was under the most pressure and was feeling the heat in the pocket because he got sacked five times. Lawrence only got sacked twice, but. He just never looked comfortable. He was he was moving a lot in the pocket. He had to escape the pocket a lot. It was a lot of the, as you mentioned, the 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 edge rush and the pressure they got on Trevor Lawrence. The LSU defense didn't force that many sacks, but they took Lawrence out of his game, which I've never really seen him get to that point before, where he looked human, you know. And it doesn't help when you have Joe Burrow on the other side who who looked like a super a superhuman and was like as he looked like a mutant playing quarterback just because every single throw was perfect if it felt like and Lawrence looked weirdly human he looked normal he didn't look special and when you play against a team as good as LSU you need your special players to play special and that's what LSU did yeah uh I agree they uh they they capped off the 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 season I mean they could have been. I mean, honestly, they're they're in they're in the argument for the greatest greatest college team we've ever seen. Uh, I definitely think it's the greatest offense we've ever seen. Definitely in my lifetime. But hearing it from Kirk Herbstreit and all these other guys that have been covering college football forever, I mean, it's just it's it's. I think we witnessed something great, and it, it's going to be very. It, it's going to be hard to top it. One hundred percent. So, I want to talk about the coaches for a little bit in in this one so there was a lot of talk coming into this game about coach o versus Dabo. i still think even though lsu won won this game Dabo is a better x's and o's coach he is like if i had like i still think he's a better coach but there's something about the way coach o was able to get these guys to play for him was special and I don't know, you know, I have no knowledge about this, but like 
just from what I've read and, and from what it seems like, he doesn't even have the, the mic down over his mouth when LSU was on offense this season. The amount of faith that he had in Joe Brady and just handing over the reins of the offense over to Burrow was was extraordinary and even in the greatest and even when they started slow and in the most important game of the season with the brightest spotlight coach O didn't change and that was surprising because 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 that was the first time he's he's been in this spot so that was great to see and just going forward you have Joe Brady goes he gets hired by the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule to be their offensive coordinator which I think is really interesting uh then you have the LSU uh, defensive coordinator uh, Dave Aranda goes and gets hired at Baylor to be the head coach replacing Matt Matt Rule. A lot of turnover now for the LSU coach coaching staff. This is something that Alabama has dealt with, I think, really, really well and better than anyone really realizes how hard it is to constantly be replacing coordinators almost every year. Clemson doesn't have a lot of coaching turnover. So just going forward, what, what do you think about these teams from the coaching perspective? Because it doesn't seem like Brent Venables is going to leave anytime soon. Yeah, uh, and you know teams are calling uh, calling Venables too all the time. So I, I'm really not sure how much longer he's going to uh, stay there. But obviously he loves it, and uh, uh, him and Debo have got a great thing going together. But yeah, it's I mean it, it's hard uh, coaching turnover like that. I mean losing to I mean a great young coach coming up and then Dave Rand, I mean, he's, he's one of the best defensive coaches there is. Uh, he's, he's, he's a great, great head coach. I'm, I'm happy for him hiring, uh, getting a head job at Baylor. Um, they, I mean, I, like I, I kind of talked about earlier this year that I thought they had some good athletes and they were pretty physical just seeing from the big 12 side. So, uh, it'll be excited to see how his defense translates over there in the big 12. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, it's going to be hard for LSU. Um, they still got Steve Insminger, the offensive coordinator. I think he's uh, he's very well respected around the conference. Um, I think he's still going to do. I mean, he, he's still going to be fine. I think. I mean, they they still got athletes coming in, but it's it's uh it's going to be tough. We'll, we'll see how Coach O handles it. But uh, yeah, I was like you said earlier too. I was I was. I mean, the way Coach handle uh, Coach O just kind of just let let Joe Brady and Steve, Steve Insminger and and, uh, and Burrow just just control the offense themselves that was uh it's 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 hard to do I feel like you know what I mean it's uh like some of these coaches have egos and and uh it's it's hard to give up the reins like that and it just showed if you trust other people I mean and he, he trusted his coach he had great great staff around him they uh special things can happen 100 percent and We'll see what LSU does because losing the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and the best quarterback in college football, who had just had the greatest season in college football history, is going to be really hard to replace on top of all the other skill position guys who they're going to have to replace. So it'll be interesting to see what Coach O does. He is an exceptional recruiter. He's always been an elite recruiter going back to when he was working for Pete Carroll at USC in the early 2000s. He helped recruit a lot of those guys for for that dynasty. Uh, So I'm not really concerned about LSU replacing that type of talent or getting five stars in and the best in, in the country. Fundamentally, it all comes down to the quarterback position. And it'll be interesting to see what LSU chooses to do uh, whether it's a guy already in the program who steps up and takes over for Joe Burrow or if they go the grad transfer route the way they did with Burrow. 
Uh, De'Eric King is transferring from Houston. That could be very interesting at LSU to see if they have any interest. But it'll be interesting to see going forward. But looking ahead to next season, it's way, way too early to give our predictions. But it's but this is something that the Vegas betting odds can really help us with in terms of understanding and projecting out the next season because their top three favorites are Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. It's plus 200, plus 400, plus 500 for, for those three. Clemson and Ohio State bring back their quarterbacks. Alabama doesn't. If I'm Clemson or if I was a betting man, Trevor Lawrence, I, I would bet on him to win the Heisman at plus 450 right now and for, on them to win the national championship because coming off this national championship game where he was 18 for 37 for 234 yards, zero passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and a lost fumble, I would bet on him coming out with a vengeance next season and trying to break all the records Joe Burrow just broke this season. Yeah, uh, I think he probably will too, but I just – those records those records are going to be tough to ever break again. Uh, I think that's they, – I mean, they, they – I mean, they're they're going to be losing a couple guys too. I mean, I, I mean, they're probably going to be losing Etn. He still has it. Uh, he still has it declared yet. But I mean, they're going to be losing Higgins. They'll still have Justin Ross and Amari Rogers. But it's it's a. Uh, it'll be interesting. I I, I mean I, I he's probably yeah he, he should be the favorite for the Heisman next year, no doubt. Um, I don't know if that's where I'll put my money, but. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's he's going to be the front runner, and and wouldn't shock me if he's uh, he's on that revenge tour, holding up the trophy again next year. Because Lawrence still is, you know, I'm saying you know he had a bad game and everything, but he still is probably the best quarterback prospect since John Elway. But this is the first time he looked human, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with this off season of motivation of everyone questioning him. Hey, is he as good as everyone says? Because he played great as a freshman in the national championship, but People just remember what did you do lately, and his last game, his lasting memory for all of us people who love to tweet and and all this is that he didn't play that well. So what does Trevor Lawrence do? He's going to. I I have a lot of faith that Lawrence is going to come out and be guns a blazing. Doesn't matter if he loses Travis Etienne or or the weapons. He's he's coming out. And I think he's going to try to take the ACC by storm, and. I think Clemson is going to come out. This is the first time they've lost in, in two seasons. It's the last couple of years. They they lose in the national championship, then then they win the national championship, then they lose in in the national championship or, or the college football playoff, and then they win the national championship. So uh, I got a lot of faith in Dabo and, and all the guys down in uh, Clemson, but but just, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at their schedule right now for next year, and, and week two they go to Notre Dame on Saturday night. So that's a uh, He'll be he'll be in the spotlight early, and uh, he can you know that he could start that that Heisman campaign early right then in week two. One hundred percent. So, congratulations to the LSU Tigers. It was an incredible season. We loved watching it. We loved talking about it. I'm going to miss watching Joe Burrow uh, and this whole LSU offense. I do agree with you that this was probably the best or most complete offense I've ever seen in college football because uh, I because we were too young for really for for those USC offenses. Uh, with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and Lindell White, but it'll be interesting to see what, what happens next year. Uh, but but moving on, we got two more huge, huge football games 
this weekend in the pro ranks. We got the AFC and the NFC Championship games at 3 o'clock on CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. We got the Titans, led by Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, and the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are favored by seven points in this one. Taylor, what do you think? Uh, I haven't really haven't ever haven't really had much time this week to uh, deep dive these two games uh, too much. But uh, first glance, I mean, uh, the spreads at seven points. I would, I mean, I'd take the Titans. I feel like they're the hottest team, hottest team in the league right now, and. Uh, I just, I mean, Derrick Henry, I, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever going to stop him. Uh, I mean, I'd, we'll see this weekend, but it's just, I mean, they, I mean, the way they're playing right now, they're so hot, and, and the confidence they're playing with, the defense, they're, they're playing outstanding. Uh, Rashawn Evans is everywhere, number 51. I'm going blank right now. Uh, the other middle linebacker, uh, they just, they've been playing great. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, um I thought uh, Dory Jackson's been great on the corner too. I just I like the Titans. Uh, I, I think I, I know Mahomes kind of struggled early last week, but I mean they they bounced back quick, and you, you could tell it was just they they they're they were too good for Houston, and that I mean that honestly that could show again this week. But right now I'm just I feel like they're the hottest team in the league, and I'm I'm going to take the Titans. I'll take the points, and I'm taking them outright. Wow. Wow. So I, I do agree that the seven points is a little disrespectful to the Tennessee Titans for just how hot they are coming off beating New England in New England and then going to Baltimore and destroying them. Uh, these two teams played earlier in the season. They they met up in, in week 10 and the, and the Titans won. The game was played in Tennessee. Uh, the Titans won 35 to 32. Mahomes was awesome. Mahomes had 440 yards and three touchdowns. Tannehill did exactly what we had to do, 13 for 19, two, two touchdowns. But the story of that game was Derrick Henry. He had 23 carries, 188 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I think, sorry, I think uh, I think if I remember right when we were breaking this down uh, a month or two ago, uh, wasn't it they were down 14 or something and Derrick just ran the ball in the second half to get all the way back? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, it, it's funny because – we're talking about, hey, the rematch, What what's going to change? Well, I think that the only one person who can stop Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Uh, this is a side changer, but, but Larry Bird used to always tell his, his opponents sometimes, hey, I'm going to go to this spot. We're going to run this play. I'm going to go to this spot. I'm going to do this move, and I'm going to shoot it, and it's going to go in, and you cannot stop it. And the Tennessee Titans are basically doing that with Derrick Henry. Everyone knows they're going to give him the ball, going right behind the, the, the left or the right tackle, and they're going to give him the ball, and he's going to run, and they're going to get six yards on every play at least. Or at least that's what it feels like, you know? And But you do have to wonder if the 34 carries he had against the Patriots and the 30 carries he had last week against the Ravens does that start to take a toll on on him? Uh, or does the adrenaline of playing in the AFC Championship game uh, push through? Because the Titans are going to run him until he can't run anymore. So those 64 carries the last two weeks, is there a physical effect on him this week? Because if Henry isn't 100% dominating in this game, 
I don't think the Titans have a chance because I don't think right. Yes. Because I don't think Ryan Tannehill can make the plays to go out and win the game. He's done exactly what he's had to do the last two weeks, not to lose the game. To be, he was the perfect game manager the last two weeks. Uh, but if but if Henry isn't operating at full, full, full go, the Chiefs' offense is way too good. Yeah, it's, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, if, if he's, I mean, if he's any any what, I mean any. Uh, somewhat tired at all it's uh it's it's not good for tennessee i mean the, the chiefs will attack that instantly i just i i don't know i've been i mean i've been asking myself that i mean each and every week i was like when, when's he gonna get tired and i just i don't know if he ever will i just i i mean I, he's he's a freak and he's i mean he continues just to carry i mean carry this team i mean if i if, i mean do i mean if I said, I mean, Tannehill throws for under a hundred yards again this weekend, you'd probably, I mean, you think they even have a shot. And I mean, I, I mean, you think about it, you'd say no, but I mean, somehow it's just, it's still working for him. And I just, I, it's, I mean, kudos to them, honestly, just for, for completely buying into Derek and the O-line. And, and I mean, uh, just, just how they, how they're playing the game with defense too. It's just, uh, it's the uh, Tannehill has been great for him too. Just, uh, but just, uh, I, I think it's brable and they, they've just, They've done a great job. 100%. And before we go and talk about the Chiefs, let us I, I just want to talk one second about the Titans win last week against the Baltimore Ravens because we haven't spoke, spoken yet officially on the podcast since since the game we were texting throughout with our, with our man Kelly. Uh, I think that the criticisms Lamar Jackson got during that game, most of them were unfair. He had a bad game. It just so happened that it was in the playoffs where by losing they were eliminated. But that does not take away from the season that he had. He was clearly MVP. He's clearly one of the the best and most exciting players in the NFL. But what it showed is that he still has a long way to go. He's a second-year player. He's not perfect by any means. He still needs to work on his accuracy like 90% of all the quarterbacks in the world. And it just proves that sometimes that it, things take time. Not everyone can win in their first or second season. Lamar's not going anywhere. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a force to reckon with in this league with the way that he can pass and the way that he can run. And he had a bad game. Yes. But that doesn't mean that he's terrible now or he's not good it means that he's a second-year player who's, you know, developing. Yeah, that was yeah, spot on right there. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't deserve the criticism. He's been, I mean, he's played fantastic. Baltimore had a fantastic season this year. Um, they just, Tennessee just did, I mean, did exactly what we said. Uh, the only way they could win the game was to just force Lamar to throw it. And that's just not what Baltimore's, I mean, Baltimore's not built for Lamar to throw it 59 times. That's just... That's not them, and uh, I mean he, he's going to work on it. I mean he made a couple. I mean he, he did. I mean he, he struggled a little bit, but it was. I mean they, he was doing things that he, he shouldn't have had to do. If that makes sense, like he just that, that just wasn't that wasn't their offense and what wasn't what they're used to. So it was. I mean a little out of the comfort zone, but you know he's going to bounce back. And I mean that that Baltimore team is going to be really really good for years to come. And 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 I mean like when when you go back and when you watch the game his interception in his first drive 
that was a, that was a killer because they're in Titans territory. You can't throw that that interception, but it got tipped. So was it one hundred percent his fault? No. Uh, then they turned the ball over on downs a couple times going forward on on fourth, which the entire season they it felt like they got every single one. They're one of the teams that is really into going going forward on fourth downs, and they just got stopped. the The math didn't work out. They these were the times that that they got stopped. And give Tennessee credit, they scored. They were up fourteen to nothing. They their game plan was to force Lamar to throw the ball and try to beat them down the field. And Tennessee put offense put them in a position to do that by scoring. You know, blame the Baltimore defense for not being able to stop Derrick Henry. You know, Earl Thomas said before the game that the Patriots didn't look like they wanted to tackle Derrick Henry. Did the Ravens really look like they wanted to tackle Derrick Henry either? I mean, there's. I mean, it was a complete team loss by the Ravens. Yeah, it was exactly. I mean, that's that's. They just Tennessee's like we said. Tennessee's game plan was just was perfect. I mean, they they knew exactly what they needed to do and they did it. The defense was physical. They forced turnovers and and they uh they they just put too much pressure on Lamar. Uh, I mean, Lamar did. I mean, like you said before, Lamar made a couple mistakes on those fourth and goal. Those uh those fourth down attempts on like the thirty and the twenty five and stuff. They uh it looked like he just had. I mean, he should have just gone up the A gap right behind the center, but he kind of just danced around and got tackled, but. That's just stuff. I mean, like you said, it's his first. I mean, it's his second season, first playoff game. Like he's got to. I mean, he, he's going to learn from these mistakes. I mean, you can't be perfect. I mean, he's young. He's uh, he's still got a great, great, uh, great players around him. So you just you got to give credit to Tennessee and uh, and just get ready for next year. One hundred percent. So we're going to flip over to the Kansas City side of this. Uh, and let's just hit on their game against the Texans because the reason why we think this Chiefs offense is so good is because of the of the recency uh, bias that, that we all have of what did they do lately. Well, they started the game last week against the Texans as poorly as you could, going down 24 to nothing, dropping passes all over the field, looking like, hey, do you, do you guys know that the game started? And then they scored 41 unanswered. In a in what what felt like in a flash, like when 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 Mahomes gets going, I've said this before, but when Mahomes gets going and he gets hot, it's like Steph Curry when Curry starts getting hot. That that ball is going to the end zone, and there's nothing you could do to do about it. And yes, they got lucky that the Texans fumbled and they missed a field goal and turned the ball over on downs, but the Chiefs still had to score. And Mahomes was absolutely incredible. 22, 23 for 35, 320 yards, five touchdowns, added 53 more on the ground. Like, that dude is special. He is special. And a lot of the attention this year was was, was given to Lamar Jackson because he had a special season. But Mahomes is that guy. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he's... Right now he is. Uh, I think you're right. Um, they 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 got down early, but you could just tell after that. Just I mean, right as that Miko Harmon uh, kickoff return, it kind of just like something clicked. And the stadium got lit back up. I mean, it was just the energy was back in the arena. It was just uh, you just kind of knew they they scored that touchdown, and then and then uh, Bill O'Brien tried to try to sneak a quick one on him with that fourth down fake, and it was. 
kind of felt like this game was about to get out of hand. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're down 17 at that point, which is crazy. But it's just, yeah, their, their offense is, is unbelievable. Uh, as fast as they can score. I mean, we were, I mean, it felt like I was watching a college game. I think I texted you that. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy game. Deshaun, uh, Deshaun played as good as he could have. Um, but it was just, Kansas City is just too much. Uh, there was one, I, I was watching some, uh, I saw a little Twitter, just Twitter video, and just it was one of uh, Tyron Matthews' plays against Deshaun. It was unbelievable the way he was just, uh, he kind of faked off the tight end covering him. Then he came back and got in front of, uh, in, in front of Hopkins. And then, and then he forced, uh, Deshaun when he was scrambling out, out of the, uh, out of bounds. It was just, it, it was pretty impressive. And that's kind of just what Kansas City, they, they, their defense is getting better right now. Um, they're healthy. So it's, I mean, they, they, they were just too good for Texans and it's, they, uh, they, they might do it again this weekend, but I just, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm thinking Tennessee is something special right now. Yeah, I think I think Derrick Henry and their defense could could possibly slow down, slow down Kansas City and, and take some possessions out uh, out of uh, out of Mahomes' hands. Yeah, I mean Tennessee's definitely feels like the team of destiny right now, but there's something about Kansas City too. It's just that their defense is healthy and they are peaking. It feels like at the right time. And they still have the guy who, maybe out of anyone in the NFL besides Tom Brady, who with two and a half minutes to go, I want him with the ball leading my team down the field to go score. And that's Patrick Mahomes. And because they have such an advantage at the quarterback position in this one, even though Tannehill's played well and we've given him tons of credit, but he is not Patrick Mahomes. If you're if the Titans were down 24 nothing last week, they are not coming back with, with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and so I just think that this game being at home, the chiefs losing in in this round last year to, to the Patriots, I think that this is a, this is a revenge game. And I know that they have Andy Reid, and Andy Reid finds a way to lose these really big games. It feels like all the time, but eventually, as you said, with Kirk cousins, eventually he's got to win one, right? (laughs) Like eventually he's got to win the big one. And I think that they are going to get to the Super Bowl this year. I think that they're going to beat the Titans. I think it will be a close game because I think Derrick Henry will keep it close. But I think Patrick Mahomes is just a little too much, that their offense has a little too much, and the home field will matter just a little too much. So I got the Chiefs in this one, 21 to 17. like that. So covering the seven points, or, yep. uh, or Titans are, but which will take the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I think I think the Titans cover. Um, I'm gonna go outright. I'm gonna go 23-20 Titans. Wow, I love it, dude. I I love going out making the bold uh, predictions. That's what this podcast is is all about. So flip worked, worked well for me last week picking uh, picking Kirk Cousins. So yep. So <laughs> so flipping over to the West Coast, the NFC. We got the Packers and we got the Niners. This is a really interesting game because this is another rematch. These two teams played earlier in the season on Sunday night football and the Green Bay looked like the JV team going up against the varsity. The San Francisco 49ers destroyed them 37 to 8 at home. That game was never close, was never in doubt. 
And I don't know if that plays a factor in the Packers going out for revenge or the Niners will treat them not as good. I don't think that's likely. It's the NFC Championship game. Obviously, they're going to treat the Packers as a really good team and not as a not very good team. But everything went right for the Niners in that one and everything went wrong for the Packers in, in that one. So, and I think this is really interesting. This one's at 640 on Fox. The Niners are favored by seven and a half points at home, which I think is very disrespectful to the Packers. I think this all comes down to to Jimmy G because I think that the Niners defense is legit. They are really, really good. But I think it all comes down to to Jimmy G. And as we talked about last week with, with Lamar, if Jimmy G has a couple turnovers early and the Packers stick around and get good field position and get some lucky touchdown breaks. I don't really know if this San Francisco offense can can come back and and win the game. Yes, yeah, this one, I just I mean I've thought about it this week. I've really, like I said, I've really deep dived into them, but this one's tough. Uh, I mean, first glance, seven and a half points is too many. Uh, that's too much to me for uh, for um, for Rogers, and I just I I just I wouldn't. I don't think I think that's way too high of a spread, but um, it's it's yeah it's it's on the it's it's on the Niners. It's it's on Jimmy G. I think they. I mean, their their defense is, is too good. I mean, they're they're going to keep them in the game. Rogers is going to make plays, but I just I, I don't see him scoring a lot of points. I mean, I'd I'd be shocked. If this game's high twenty, so I just don't see it. Um, I just I I think I mean I've I've said it a lot this year, but I mean Nick Bosa is everywhere. He's a he's a freak. I think he's going to get to Rogers some too. Um, Eric Armstead, Forrest Wagner. I mean they 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 play great, and uh, we just, we just, we know how good Shanahan is too on the offensive side. I mean that their run game and how they set up with the motions and the play action pass. That's just it's just it's perfect for Jimmy G because he he really doesn't have to make too many throws. I feel like it's 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 more of a uh, it's it's kind of a more of a middle of the field passing game in his offense. So it's it's that's kind of where we might see the pick, like we saw last week. It's just sometimes those those linebackers don't shift off and they kind of stay home. That's what happened last week. But it's just I don't know, man. I I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, I love what the Packers have done this year. I've been big on them too. Uh, they've kind of they they've kind of I mean they've been a little shaky, but but. For somehow, I mean, they they were kind of like the Seattle. They just kept winning, and uh, they they show they, they kind of. I mean, it was it was a close game last week, right in the end. But it kind of it, it felt like it was more the Packers game the whole time, and then Russell was coming late. And I mean, you never know what what could have happened there. But uh, I just I I like the I like the Niners this week. Uh, I think they're I think they're going to get it done. I think they're they're probably I think they're the best team in the league right now. Um, I think Titans are the hottest, but I think the Niners are the best team with that defense, with that front, uh, with Shanahan. I decide I like the Niners. I don't. I don't know if I'm if I'm there with you yet. When watching the Niners last week, they won. It more so felt like because just the Vikings. The Vikings weren't that great last week. The Niners defense played really, really well, and their offense put up 27 points. But Jimmy G was only 11 for 19 for 131 yards, had one touchdown and one interception. 
the last three weeks or, or his last three games, he's had, you know, he's had he's thrown two touchdowns and has thrown three interceptions. They've won all three games, and that's what's what's most important. But he hasn't topped 18 completions. He hasn't topped 27 attempts. Uh, hasn't thrown for more than 300 yards in, in any of those games. It's I'm beginning to get a little worried about Jimmy G. And that's, yeah, I think it's more, I think it's more of just the offense. Honestly, I, I don't I don't think Shanahan. I, I'm with you. I, I'm not a big Jimmy G guy, but I think it just Shanahan knows that he's got a he's got an above average quarterback that he doesn't need to force it on, and that's what I think their offense is more around the run game, kind of like Tennessee. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. I mean, they, they've won 14. They went 14 and two this year. They just won last week, so they're 15 and two. Like. They're doing something right. They don't need to explain anything to me. Uh, but just in terms of this game, I, I think the Packers will be able to turn him over, and I think that they're going to be down in this one because I don't because I Rodgers has been here before, and I think Rodgers is going to show up. He's going to dissect the film from the first time these guys played, and he's going to come out with a plan, and I think he's going to be ready. And... It'll be interesting to see if the weather's a factor at all in this one, but I, it's just so hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers that I'm leaning the Packers. I'm leaning the Packers on, on the road, and I know that it's crazy to to say that and crazy to think, but I'm I'm just not ready to to jump all in on the Jimmy B, Jimmy G and the Niners band. Like I think they have the best defense. But I just think in, in these games, so many times it comes down to the quarterbacks, and I think that the Packers have the quarterback advantage. Yeah, that's uh, Gary, you're, you're spot on. Uh, again, I just, yeah, it's, it's going to come down to, it probably will come down to the quarterback. Uh, I think, like you were saying, I, I don't know if, I mean, I think the only way, I mean, the Niners got to be up. I don't, I don't know if Jimmy G can come down from a 10 point deficit. That, that kind of, that's the only iffy factor a little bit um he did have the shootout with drew drew Brees, i think down in the superdome early in the year but i think that's just i don't know uh this is this is too big of a game and it's it that would be interesting i think they kind of like tennessee last week i think i think if they if they're to win they kind of need to establish their their offense their run game early and uh and then get points and keep points that, that's what i think it is but um yeah, I think it's going to be a defensive battle on both sides, honestly. And uh, close game. I, I mean, I, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Niners close game, and I like the Packers to cover the seven and a half. I think it's going to be one score. Who makes the last play on the last game, and, and could be a game winning field goal kind of game. Yeah, uh, the Packers have won six in a row since the Niners trounced them in, in Week Twelve. They're hot. The Niners are kind of hot too. I. I just think Rodgers is better than than Garoppolo, and I think that's what it really comes down to. So, so I'll say Packers twenty to seventeen, and yep. it will come down to Jimmy G will have the ball at the very end of the game with a chance to win, and who knows what what will happen. But I think he'll have 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 an opportunity to show what what did he learn from Brady, and or is he you know still figuring it out and developing on his own because this is the, basically his first or second real season starting. He was injured and he was about to see a backup for a long time. Uh, so you got the Packers. I got, sorry, I got the Packers. You got the Niners. 
I got the Chiefs. You got the Titans. Uh, <laughs> we'll see who's right and who's wrong. Uh, but it's going to be a great, great week of football. I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Taylor, thanks again for joining us. Yep. Uh, excited for the games this weekend. And, and uh, thank you again for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. So that'll do it for this episode of The Double Double. Uh, everyone enjoy the football this weekend. Take care and make it a great day.